This is your host, Dr. Mesma Shabazz. Good afternoon, ladies in all parts of the world. I am so grateful to spend some time with you again this Friday. I'm going to integrate what seemingly is going on in the outer world with Queen Elizabeth's passing and holding the holy vision of the feminine conversation that we've had in a couple of previous episodes. And the topic I want to address is how we are being queens on lives. I am in a private conversation with my soul sisters in a different group, and I thought it appropriate to extend this conversation into the world where each woman can really take a moment to dissect and incorporate their own ideas about what it means to be a queen in their own lives. First, let me present some cross-cultural perspectives. In my cultural traditions, the queen mother, as the ruler of state, addressed the environmental and other issues affecting groups or individuals. In fact, no king ascends to the throne without the approval of the queen mother. So that's how powerful she is. She oversees the sacred ceremony of puberty back in the day, which are among the most ancient rites known to the Akan tribe. Men who committed offenses against the state were brought to the sacred tree for appropriate punishment, although the Queen Mother never elaborated on what these punishments were to be. Some of the offenses include rape, sexual assaults, sexual intercourse in the bush, which is considered to be an insult against the earth, as well as the underworld goddess, Asasiya, the mother of the dead. The Akan queen mothers also held the role of war leaders, healers, and rainmakers in the community. The wisdom of our grandmothers could easily make it rain without knowing about specific scientific compounds or know when the sun will rise and set without the benefit of a linear clock. I write in my book, Sankofa Learning from Hindsight, how my grandmother puts her time just by looking at the shadows on the ground. There are ancient symbols and archetypes of the queen, which we could all be attuned to. She represents power, a balanced support system, exhibits strong personal leadership traits in her own life. And in the Sacred Wealth Code by Premali Gureri, and I'm very fortunate to know her, the queen is described as regal, courageous, prosperous, loyal, powerful, compassionate, intuitive, responsible, administrative, knowledgeable, and trustworthy. 
the embodiment of any and some of these attributes can bring about tremendous grace and harmony in our personal lives. These qualities especially enhance our abilities to effect changes we need to make without fear and trepidation. Relationships and experiences in a queendom reflect a clear understanding of who a queen is, where she is, and how she chooses to serve. Of course, in our male-dominated world, we also see a focus on the evil or dark queen, who is described as hysterical, winning black magic to hurt others. Or we hear about the ice queen, who is cold and frosty. We also are aware of the queen bee, whose image is blended with power and the enslavement of her community. I may ask, what type of queen are you? What type of queen would you like to be? I bring up our empowerment in many different ways, highlighting the spiritual knowledge of women from pre-patriarchal eras to the present, women's long history of cultural prominence, and role models that have existed historically and in contemporary times. Life as we know it is changing, my friends. As we face these sweeping changes in our spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical experiences, we must begin to focus our attention on how to navigate, restore balance, and trust in our new paradigm. Our conversations with each other and our inner reflections should focus on queendoms and how to live and resurrect, resurrect through grace. Shifting and changing the landscape. What do we need to work on? Moving beyond survival and making affirmative declarations that allow us to move forward. Handling uncertainty by deepening our spiritual practices, the quiet disposition that affords us balanced perspective on life. Lifting our spirits and vibrations bringing our gifts to the table, including our unique creative expressions, and living in the age of grace. These are some of the steps we can incorporate in our own changes. I'd like to also share in my conversations views of other prominent women who share their wisdom to support our transformation. In her work, Building the Sacred Vessel, Karen Turner shares some critical steps and guidelines that in my opinion will support our evolution to our respected green dots. One, practice telling and hearing the truth. Stay with the experience of the present moment. 
choose their relationship exactly as it is. So you can blame others for some of the experiences you go through and taking responsibility for what that relationship brings. Respect, appreciate, and acknowledge yourself first and then others. Recognize your own reflection in the other. Share both your grief and your highest visions. Risk being impeccably true to yourself. Practice forgiveness. Share your joy, laughter, and playfulness. Meditate, and as in the Course in Miracles advises, remember home. Honored, separate, as well as shared interests, friends, and practices. Explore the relationship of sexuality and spirituality. I think this point is very important because it opens us up to accepting who we truly are. Get outside help when needed. Oftentimes, we do the spiritual practices and we we'll go on this journey alone. But bringing in a different perspective that shares what is in your blind spot can make things so much easier as you transition and taking ownership of your kingdom. Remember that our personal relationships reflect global relationships. These practices, especially in relationships with ourselves and others, will ultimately make us more supportive, more compassionate, and more loving and authentic. I thank Karen for sharing these views with us. To have dominion, power, and lasting legacy, irrespective of how long we live on this planet, we can exercise our autonomy and sovereignty and be ourselves by letting go and working through the part of the self that feels unworthy and undeserving. We can never fulfill the expectations set by others. We must have a clear understanding of who we are and what we are and what gifts we are endowed with as serve humanity. We can boldly embrace ourselves as we are and even the parts that are still learning and still making mistakes. We can especially boldly assert that our journeys are still unfolding with wisdom and grace. And as we continue to ride this wave, knowing that we can free ourselves from the mundane expectations from society that keep us small. I have made several changes in my life that allows me to act like a queen sometimes. And I shared this in a poem that I'll post in the notes in the podcast, that I know that I'm above all else, 
that God is. But I'll explain the steps that got me to that assertion. I'll end with a poem by Robin Morgan. The title is The Network of the Imaginary Mother. And it goes like this. Blessed be my brain, that I may conceive of my own power. Blessed be my breast, that I may give sustenance to those I love. Blessed be my womb, that I may create what I choose to create. Blessed be my knees, that I may bend so as not to break. Blessed be my feet, that I may walk in the path of my highest will. I love that. I love that. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being with me. Please share, subscribe, and share your thoughts with us as well. See you in a couple of weeks. Much love. Thank you, thank you.